Hi there, welcome to another remote Rahalastapa. This week we have the wonderful Michael Spicer, who you may have seen in the internet sensation, The Room Next Door. Absolutely brilliant guy, and I've acted with him sometimes, and I've known him for a long time. And he's a very funny man, and this is a lovely interview, which we did remotely using the internet. This is the way it will be for a little while now. We've got lots more to come. We're recording these on Wednesday nights at 8pm. You can watch them for free. That's right, you heard me, by going to twitch.tv slash rkherring. So come along, there's lots of other stuff on that channel, including snooker, stone clearing, occasionally play games, and on Sunday nights uh, we watch films, and I commentate on them in an amusing manner. So come along and uh, join in with that if you care to. Uh, you can subscribe there as well. You can pay money if you want, but you can also subscribe without spending any money if you're an Amazon Prime member, and we still get money from Ian Amazon. So have a look at that if you fancy it. Uh, also, you can become a monthly badger. This is one of the things. You get this wonderful little plastic wallet saying, I'm one of the cool kids. Uh, you get a membership card. You get two badges. This is the gold version. You have to pay £5 a month for the gold version. £10 a month for the platinum version, but £3 a month will get you everything except the different coloured badges. And you get interviews, you get entered into a prize draw, you get backstage surprises, you get emails telling you who the guests are going to be ahead of other people, the non-badge scum, and all the money goes just gets fed back into making more podcasts. So it's a win-win situation. If you've enjoyed all this output and would like to give us something back, Please feel free to do that just by listening to the podcast with the adverts. You are making a contribution, so thank you for that. And if you can't afford to pay anything and do not feel guilty about not paying, let the rich pay and let the poor listen for free. That is my creed. That is my motto, my fine friend. That is how the whole world should be, but it is how my world is. Uh, Rahalastapa will always remain free so that everyone can listen, but most people choose not to in any case. What a, what a load of fucking idiots. Anyway, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Rahalastapa with Michael Spicer, my fine, fine friends. Hello! Welcome uh, to back to my loft. Uh, love to see you all here. Thank you for coming along. Welcome to Richard Herring's lonely, self-isolating twat podcast. That's me. Uh, I was hanging around in Joe Wick's lounge the other day. Just I was hiding just to one side of the fireplace. He said, what are you doing in here? I'm, you meant to be self-isolating. I said, get out, shut up. He said he calls it Rahalastapa anyway. Um, not doing as well as me. I've got 313 viewers at this exact second. How many has Joe Wick's got in the morning? Not that many. That's what I'm thinking. Um, so uh, what's been going on? Um, it's it's sort of the reality. With for people listening to the podcast uh, in the future of June, if there are any humans still alive, then um, we're uh, this is uh, April fifteenth of April. This is being recorded. Is we're three weeks and a bit into lockdown. It's starting to feel real. It's starting to feel like uh, we might all go mad, and there's no end in sight. Um, it, I feel like we. It sort of feels like being under house arrest, and my theory is however long we're in prison in our homes during this lockdown the government as a reward should allow us to commit one crime equivalent to that jail term and get no punishment because we've already served our time who's with me on that i we what i've done what you can get for three weeks i think maybe you could punch someone 
if it's a first offence, a bit of shoplifting, probably that would be fine. So, but you have to do it before the lockdown. And to make it interesting, it's up to you when you cash your time in. But if you leave it until the lockdown is announced, you get nothing. So you've got you've got to try and cash in before the lockdown ends. So you could go for three weeks, but what if you could have got six weeks? And imagine what you could have probably waved your willy at someone for free and not got into any trouble if you'd waited six weeks. So look out for that. Um, but only uh, if you've got the balls and ovaries to stick it out that long. Um, and you must commit the crime after you've pressed your buzzer as well. That You can't do the crime and then get the punishment you've got to do it after. It's a good game show. I think we'll enjoy it. Um, uh, I've been quite depressed this week. <laughs> um, I'm very uh, sad to hear about the death of Tim Brooke Taylor, a former guest on Rahela Stupper. Uh, and um, fantastic man, a lovely man, and uh, I hope he knew how uh, appreciated he was uh, and how much of a comedy legend he was, certainly to people of my generation, but uh, utterly depressed by it. So God knows how uh, Graham Garden and Tim, uh, Bill Oddie are feeling uh, about this. Um, but uh, a little, you know, just thank you, Tim for all the laughs and thank you for the goodies and, and everything you did since then. And thank you very much. It was such an honor and a pleasure to meet him last year. Um, if you enjoy these podcasts and these Twitch streams, remember you can subscribe. If you're an Amazon prime member, you can subscribe every month. Give us five English pounds or five American dollars every single month at no cost to yourself. If you go to my YouTube channel, you can find out how to do that, but it's basically just linking your accounts and subscribing. Uh, so thank you to all the people who've done that. We've got uh, 5,796 followers at the moment. They haven't all paid any money. You can pay some money just if you want. Uh, but all that money will go into making more podcasts and some of it will go towards the Just Giving campaign for comedians who are out of work at the moment, had all their work cut off, uh, heckle the virus, which you can also donate directly to if you feel what we're doing here is worth some money. Right, uh, let's crack on with the show. I think that would be nice. Um, my guest this week, he's probably best known for his performance in the last seven days of Quant. That's why we're all here today. Uh, alongside uh, young Richard Herring was also uh, in that uh, short film. Uh, please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, I'll have to remember to turn him on. It's Michael Spicer. There he is. Look at that. My goodness. Hello. Oh, hello. Hi, good. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I've, I've... we've been talking. We've been talking for half an hour. I'm yeah, no, that's fine. True. We have been talking <laughs> for half an hour anyway. <laughs> we'll go over some of the same ground. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember the last seven days of Quant? Yeah, because that was that was the first time that I met a famous person, which was you. Right. Blimey, that was. I was. I, I felt quite intimidated uh, to be. Uh, my memories of that. I think I'd been uh, at my grandparents' must have been my grandmother's house. I think everyone else was dead by then. Uh, in Middlesbrough, something had been happening in Middlesbrough, and then I'd driven down. Might have been my uh, uncle's fiftieth wedding anniversary. Something I had to drive down somewhere in the Midlands. Yeah. That's, where was it? Where? Where? It was where in Wolverhampton. Was it? Mm. Yeah, we filmed it in Wolverhampton. Horrible place. It wasn't nice. No. No. And um, I got funding to make a short film with uh, with some people that were based in Wolverhampton. So I made this very strange, uh, quirky film. And they said, uh, well, we've asked Richard Herring to play the doctor in the film. And I was, yeah, I was a bit of a fanboy back then. <laughs> oh, good. That's nice. And, um, yeah, so it was very, it was very unusual. 
It was. I didn't really understand what was. Well, I didn't understand what was going on in the film. Really, after no, I, I, uh, I think what I, I think what happened. This is the problem, Rich. (laughs) (laughs) Is that that I'd watched uh, My Wrongs by Chris Morris. Oh yes, the short film. Yeah, and back in back at that time, uh, I was making stuff that was blatantly ripping off other people. Um, so yeah, so, you know, Chris Morris just, you know, just around at the time. And I thought, yeah, I I could do something quirky like that. And that's really what it was. And it didn't really come out the way we wanted it to, but short films, what short film, (laughs) what short film (laughs) do have any kind of impact on you, uh, and make any money and do anything for your career? None. No, usually not. That is true. I've done, I've I've done two, I've done good at, developing yourself as a filmmaker that's yeah. all they're good at doing well i think what's interesting well you were obviously quite young that was 18 years ago so you must have been uh, in your 20s but three yeah so you're a very young man I, yeah. I didn't know that i thought you know i came in and i hadn't i never really get asked to do acting in fact you have been you you're probably the single person who's <laughs> employed me as an actor more than any other <laughs> that i've done t- I've done two short films, yeah, two short films. <laughs> over a 15 year period, which is not that, not that, it's not enough to keep me in, uh, in nappies. No, um, for myself. Sterling performances in both, Richard. Thank you. No, it was good fun. I enjoyed doing it and it was, it was very nice to be asked. But I think that's what's interesting is that, uh, for a lot of people, you've sort of appeared, um, in the last couple of years and maybe the last year, the, the, we were talking about the room next door, which obviously talk about later mm. has sort of hit really big. But, that you, but that's eighteen years ago that we did, yeah. did that short film, and pretty uh, you've been working pretty constantly since then. But yeah. in in a largely, it seems in an interesting sort of self funded and and yeah. you know which most people don't do. Most people um, think, oh well, I'll try and get radio or try and get on TV, which I'm not saying you weren't trying to do those things as well. But you you seem to very early on make the decision. I'm just going to make my own content way yeah. before anyone else did. Yeah, I think, um, you know, right at the very beginning, I was like anyone else writing stuff. Because the thing is, you know, we remember a time before the internet. So yeah. when, I was, when I graduated and when I was just trying to get my head together about what I wanted to do, I was just writing scripts for films and sitcoms and just sending them through the, the channels at the BBC, you know. Like, I remember sending a sitcom about a about a a, um, a guy who lived uh, no who worked in a stationer's, uh, and there was a guy uh, there was another guy who he quarrelled with who he lived who lived above him and he was more of a kind of modern art acrylic selling stuff. <laughs> so they kind of they were kind of bickering the whole time. Anyway, I, it was a terrible idea and a terrible script. But I do remember writing, so sending it to LWT when I was about seventeen. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, you know, I'd send I'd send jokes to Spitting Image as well, and yeah. anything like that. And then eventually, I realised that I wasn't getting anywhere with that, and that I would just, you know, get a camcorder, which is what they were back then, big thing that you put <laughs> on your shoulder, and um, and then I just started making short films and. And then I kind of, because of that, I was also developing my acting because I would just used to go, oh, I'll, I'll put myself in it. That'll save time. That'll save money. I'll put myself in it. So I started learning how to act. So I didn't, I didn't, you know, go to drama school or anything like that. So it's all very unorthodox route, really. 
Yeah, but it's sort of ahead of its time. I mean, that's uh, someone in the chat room was saying something along the lines of you were doing self-isolating comedy before we were self-isolating, which, again, yeah. we might talk about later. Yeah. But it, it is incredible to me. I think, you know, obviously, I, I can't, I'm just, just you just reminded me of one of the most embarrassing things I did in my year off when I was 18 to 19. And it was, uh, it was a year off where I went to, you know, I had a place at Oxford University Reds to go to. Uh, and I was trying to get a job and it was difficult to get part time, you know, just work for that period. And I wrote quite a long letter to the Terry Wogan show saying, <laughs> how about having a segment where, I, you know, I talk about how difficult <laughs> it is to get work <laughs> in Britain and trying to help people use job centers and, how, you know, because you all the adverts say you need experience. But how do you get experience if you've never had a job? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. just the idea of someone reading that, at the Terry Wogan yeah office makes me just cringe with embarrassment well, i hope I, they I uh, to, destroyed uh, it the funny thing is is that i wrote to uh fist of fun did you yeah because you always used to have an address didn't you i did yeah yeah so i i took took it upon myself to write to you <laughs> to i god knows what i said i must have said something uh, along the lines of can i be in your gang uh, that was <laughs> it, really. um but I remember writing. It's such a weird, <laughs> such a weird memory. But I remember writing that on my twenty-first birthday. <laughs> uh, uh, Did we write back? We usually wrote back. No, no, no. That's but... very unlucky. We spent a lot of time after each series. It was mainly me, and she would usually come in and sign the letters. But occasionally, I had something on there. Yeah, I remember no, spending I... a solid month of replying to every single like paper letter we got. Yeah, we, there was a few emails then, which were a bit easier, but it was mainly paper letters. Right. No, I, I mean, I don't, I don't hold it against you. Don't worry about it. No, no, it's fine. Uh, yeah, because I, I mean, I was, I was on, a, I was like a really old printer that went, ee, 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 ee. so it was really faded. So you probably just got through half of it. Just just, a, oh, I can't be bothered. Piece of paper that I can't read. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Need to hold it up to a light. Yeah. Uh, my wife's best friend used to write to us um, every, every like three times a week. I, when I met her, she's a comedian, and now she's not a comedian again. But uh, when I first met her, I knew who she was because I recognised her name. Uh, Danielle Ward, the comedian, used to oh. send send stuff in because there was an art kind of yeah. thing to it as well. So a yeah, lot of yeah. a lot of people threw centered things for the gallery. So yeah, yeah. so it's but it's nice. Christina Martin, uh, she's the same one who writes oh, for uh, for Viz and it, stuff like that. She's um, you know so they they were people who wrote to us. You know they were crazy like the people in this stream chat here, <laughs> but they were um, you know they turned out to be good eggs. Yeah. Um, which isn't too bad. Yeah, and I was, I mean, if you go to your YouTube channel, I mean, you can get a taste of the last maybe 10 years of you attempting to yeah, do 10 years. different things. And, they, you know, I dipped in because there's so much stuff there. And I've seen yeah. some of them before yeah. and some of them remembered and some I didn't. Yeah. But, like, there's there's a lot of, I mean, a very some very simple ideas. There's um, uh, a single man on eHarmony, which dates oh, yeah. it a little bit, well, that which is a lovely... Yeah. That's a lovely idea. That went. That was the first thing that I ever did that that, that went viral on Twitter. Is it okay? Right. Um, because it was it was directly related to something else that went viral, which was a genuine. Uh, oh, was it? Woman saying that she really liked cats, and she couldn't right. she couldn't get through her profile without breaking down and saying how much she. She just said, "I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about cats now and, and crying all the time." So I then went out on my lunch hour, did that very quickly and came back and loaded it up, and it just went viral. That was the first time I'd ever experienced it. And then since then, it was found out that the woman doing the harmony was also parodying it. So oh, really? <laughs> there was nothing genuine about that story at all. Um, well, I quite like it then, because it works. Like, I didn't know about that, and yeah. it works 
very it's very funny just as a surreal thing because you think oh a man doing an e-harmony i can see where this sketch is going to go yeah. and then it's a man crying about his love for the liberal democrats yeah. which you would not and being upset about how they've all had to compromise i mean it's of its time it was i think, we've worked, out, I think yeah. we've worked out what time period it was in but it's it was actually quite funny just to chance across that one yeah yeah um uh there's um oh well there's more recently there's a very funny and much higher uh budget uh, uh james bond parody sort of thing you've done with james yeah. bond in the modern world yeah having to deal with uh facebook ads and yeah. memes yeah. yeah and so working in an office but yeah. very funny walls of darkness if you if you haven't seen yeah, that I'd see that um so there's there's i mean there's a te- there's a, a fuck of a lot of stuff in there so it, I, I think it would um dip into it by all means dip into it that's my advice but it's Don't called after the this <laughs> it's it's called it's, it's actually not your name on the channel is it's the name of one of the first characters oh, you yeah. the channel's named one of after the first, first characters that i never actually got going with in terms right. of developing anything for i just thought i had this idea of um of uh like an agony uncle like a therapist and i was writing a radio four thing that was based around that and I, you know, I entered it into a competition and, you know, got to like the last 10 or whatever. Um, uh, but I've never known how to change my <laughs> name. <laughs> so I just, so I stuck with it now. So, yeah, it's fine. I like it. I like it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I sit so I'm looking through, we'll, we'll, we'll move on in a sec. Mm. I might ask you some most questions in a sec. Yeah. I was looking through your IMDB page. Yes. Uh, and it claims yes. that you were Fred West yes. in Martina Coles' Lady Killers. I knew you were. Well, I'm, that's very exciting. I didn't see it, so I'm, I'd like, I'm surprised that that – I kind of thought maybe that's a different Michael Spicer. No, that was me, no, yeah. So how, how, that must be a big role. Uh, no, no. You know no? how um, – you know the those uh, horrible, salacious documentaries that occasionally cut away to terrible reconstructions? Yeah. That's – that's the threat. So occasionally it would cut to me. Um, yeah, but you're the main one in it, right? I mean, that's yeah. You punch the, air the, main when you got... people, the main people in it are Martina Cole and all the victims. <laughs> okay. And occasionally it would cut to me in a kind of green shading for some reason of me driving around uh, when I could, back when I couldn't drive, smoking when I've never smoked, uh, and picking up women, women, which I've never done as, as well. Um, but it was uh, really gruesome and horrible, and I really, really, yeah. really regret doing it. So thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> I'm going to bring it up. That's, that's what I do. That's I what my – I did it to Michael Palin. I talked about um, uh, You've Got Mail, which he was very upset for me to bring up because he got, <laughs> he got cut out. He got cut out of You've Got he Mail. Did. He did. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he, he, he wasn't pleased for me bringing oh, that up. So. Yeah. No, he was all right. He took it very well. He took it on the chin. Um, did you uh, – were you glad when when you got it before you looking back at it when you got the part of Fred West? Did you go yes? I, I was absolutely overjoyed and I thought it would change yeah. my life because yeah. um, basically what had happened because I was get you know you know what it's like, Rich. You get very frustrated when when projects don't take off. So you think, right, I'm going to get an acting agent and I'm going to start going to auditions and start getting stuff because I think I might have something, and so. But, of course, agents don't take you on. The top agents don't take you on because you, you're a nobody. So you end up going with people that are very, very close to essentially being extra agents, background artist agents. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> so I was with one of them and did the 
did the audition and it went really well and I got it and I was like, I've got the part, I've got the part. And, um, and it was, uh, it was um, a, a complete disaster because it was just, uh, it was just uh, titillation. And, you know, yeah. the fact of the matter is, is that we all like a laugh at this, don't we? We all like to laugh. But, yeah. you know, there are victims that are still, you know, have horrible stories to tell about these grotesque people um, and playing them in this sordid ITV3 kind of way. Um, it's not something I'm proud of at all. No. And it's sort of insulting to get the part, isn't it? Someone said was, that's, yeah. I think we found our Fred West. We've, yeah, because that, yeah, that's the thing. They said um, th- there was another guy who was nailed on, but you came in and you took it away from him. And I thought, ooh, thanks very much. I've got better serial killer vibes than that. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Dominic West was Fred West as well. So, oh, right, yes. you know. You know, I'm I'm on a par with him. Let's just yeah, that's what that. I think. I would agree with that. Right, there's a thing I want to ask you about. This is something I talked uh, with Adam Buxton about last week. I've discovered I have a disability that I didn't know my whole life I right. had, in that I my mind's eye is blind. Right. Okay. I I, ha- I cannot see images inside my head. Okay. If I cl- if I close my eyes, and I didn't realize this. I just always assumed I was able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I never thought twice about it. Okay. If I, if you close your eyes and are asked to visualize an apple, say, yeah. Can you? What do you see? Do you see a, a three-dimensional apple? Do you see it? I see. I see it, and it's a really nice. It's like a nice juicy one. And is it color? Is it red, it's, green apple? It's one of those that have a bit of red and a bit of green. Yeah. So you can see color, three dimensions. Yeah. Can you twirl it round? Can you twirl it round if you want to in your head? Yeah, it's twirling around in midair now. Wow. Yeah. I say I can't. I say if I do it, I see absolutely nothing. That's right. I just I wanted to. One, it's called as it's called um, <laughs> aphanta- aphantasia. It's called. Oh, that's what I've got, and I've so discovered at fifty-two years of old age that I have a, a oh. disability. If I, I kind of if I close my, if I'm thinking of faces, yeah, it's almost it's like I, I can get like oh my my watch is trying to join in on this conversation now. Uh, is uh, it's like I can get a sort of almost a flash of them. So, like, if I'm thinking of my daughter, I, it's like yeah. I can get the feeling of it, but it's not really an image. Oh. I can dream, yeah, um, and that that's fine, I think. But otherwise, I just think in an internal monologue. Some people don't have an internal monologue. Do you have an internal yeah, monologue? Yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's cool. I don't think I'm going to be interviewing anyone who doesn't. I can't imagine anyone who doesn't have an internal monologue has any kind of creative ability no no i think uh, my internal monologue is is uh you know depending on where i am in my career it can be really um it can be quite dark at times you know in terms of yeah uh, maybe you maybe you're not really that good maybe you should carry on being a copywriter <laughs> yeah well we've all got that i mean i have that voice so i talked to robin Lintz about this which because that was more about what whereabouts your internal voice is located in your head is quite interesting and that varies for people where, where it is and whether it's but i there's a there's a certainly i have a malicious more on stage than anywhere else kind of and especially midway through a tour mm. when i know something very well i have a malicious voice trying to fuck me up on stage yeah. trying to make me figure to say what if you forget how to breathe or speak yeah uh, and you know like tr- trying to make that happen basically. Yeah. so i have a i have a sprite within me that does that yes. in, an internal voice usually yeah. my internal voice is me Yes, uh, I do a lot of stuff about you know the division of 
personality yes. uh, within my work, but I think I've only got one actual voice inside there. Some people have different voices. Yeah, well, I think I think I mean I've only done stand up about three or four times. Yeah, uh, you know, and although they've gone reasonably well, most of the time I'm I'm just saying things like, "What if you can't walk?" <laughs> What if, what if, what if you, I know you've remembered every single word you're about to say, but what if you suddenly forget? Um, Too much self-doubt in there for me to be, to ever be relaxed, I think. Well, I find that with acting, though, you see, it's very rare that I, uh, that I, I, I'm I'm much more nervous about doing acting than I'm about anything else, because I don't do it very often, I guess, so. um, No, it's reversed for me, I love acting. Yeah. You guys are good. The guys you work with, all that team of people that we've done stuff recently. We did a, we did a short film recently called Mosquito, in which uh, you uh, had swapped places with a prostitute. And of course, the phone when there was a part of a man who goes to a prostitute, my phone starts ringing. That is, that's, <laughs> those are the parts I get. So in yeah. the first film, I was a doctor. I've never been asked to be a doctor in my life, yeah. but I was asked to be a prostitute, a, a, a prostitute man, a man who goes to prostitutes, whatever they're called. I don't know because I don't go to prostitutes, no, no. so I don't know why I'm the fucking go-to guy to go to prostitutes. But you were playing a man who'd been bitten by a mosquito that had just bitten a prostitute, and you changed personalities yeah, with the, the prostitute. This, this was a this was a director's idea. Ben Malaby, who's yeah. you know very very talented director. And he came up with the idea of a mosquito that bit one person and bit another person, and by doing that, swapped their identities. So that's essentially what it is. So, uh, so there's a guy, uh, and Alice Lowe was in it as well, um, yep. which was whoa, totally bizarre. Um, uh, very much like when I first met you. Um, not the second time, though. Not the second, second time. time when was, I was in that film. So, uh, uh, yeah, Rich is here. Yeah, there he is. Uh, he's raking up. Um, yeah, so... Um, so it it has um, a, a particular kind of vibe going on because I think there are only about five shots. We kind of just let stuff go on in it. I'm very proud of it. Yeah. It's really good. But uh, It is I very think, good. I watched it again today, actually. It's very good. Yeah, I think it – I mean, yeah, it would just divide people, wouldn't it? I mean, that's the funny thing is that since I've had, I've had a sort of bona fide success in, in doing this kind of political satire, I'm very – hesitant to say oh look at all this weird stuff i did in the past because <laughs> uh, i'm not sure it would go down well but um yeah i no, don't know though, but i think i don't think i mean the things you're doing uh, in the mash report and uh, you know, on your own mm. are still they're not like mainstream mainstream i don't think so i think people would still go for that stuff and that that's it's interesting i mean i thought i just think this is a very interesting career projection uh, in lots of ways in that you've stuck with it which is a lot of yes. people might not have done yeah, uh, and you, but you've been working enough, and you've but you've been creative enough to 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 make all this stuff over the years, and it is all very different. It's a very different kinds of things, and and it's and they're you know they're very they're, the funny stuff's very funny, the weird stuff's very weird. I think it all works. There's the a good thing for the BBC about the ten tips about going oh, to yeah. interviews, which is which is just that's very very funny all the way through, um, and a little bit weird, but that's yeah. you know in in the that's what you 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 have so i think you know i think like the good thing about having something that becomes a hit i would imagine mm. is that then people can go <laughs> back to your other people go back to your other stuff and go oh no that you know, look at this crazy thing what about this great thing oh i don't like this thing but you know what what is it's amazing that you have that massive body of work i don't think most people would have no like mo- most actors don't have the um 
that kind of drive, I think, to to be creative as well, or they don't, have, or if they're not writers as well, then they yeah. don't, they have no, don't get the opportunity. To do it. I, I th- yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I the, fun, the 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 bizarre thing is that I just I, I can't think of a day where I didn't have an idea for something. Yeah, I just wanted to. I just constantly want to write all the time, and if I can think of something that I could do quickly. Because you know what Twitter says, it's it's a platform. It's right there. Since they introduced the video, that you can just play, there it is. It's right there, and um, and that's given me all my success so far. Um, and uh, you know, it, uh, I just persevere. I just uh, the, the, it is easy to kind of give up hope because you know so many different kinds of rejections along the way that the, the awful thing of kind of going through all the different levels and then getting finally to like the head of the network who just goes man and that's that's <laughs> 18 months of yeah you know or goes or goes yes and then moves to another job two days later yeah. and then you have to do the whole process again and the next yeah. guy doesn't want you so that's yeah yeah it's it's very frustrating so you know but similarly with you uh, i don't uh, think i'm as creative as you are but you know, it, I, I, it's making that decision just to to take that into your own hands and make mm. make the stuff you're going to make, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah. So let's well, let's move on to it. Let's talk about um, the room next door. Mm. Uh, and um, I mean, did you did you think when you came up with that that this was going to be the thing that no. exploded in that no, way? No, not at all. What was the process that what was the process that got was it just a one off thing that you then thought, oh, I can do that again, or was it yeah, it was a one off it was a one off thing simply because uh the first one I did was with Boris Johnson, who uh just kept leaving gaps rather than answer a question like a human being, he just kept wrestling this kind of internal thing, wrestling, shall I tell the truth, shall I lie, shall I just go blah 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 you know and and I just thought, oh, I could pretend to be somebody next door. It's as simple as that. And I didn't think about ever doing it again. But then I think it might have been the day after or two days after the Dalai Lama in the interview where he said that he doesn't mind there being a female Dalai Lama as long as she's attractive and wears lots of makeup. Yeah. So, you know, some somebody sent that to me on Twitter and said, you could do a room next door for that. And I thought, oh, yeah, I suppose I could really, couldn't I? And I just kind of put my box files back and just did another one. <coughs> yeah. And it's just so simple. Um, and then it kind of snowballed after that. So perhaps if the Dalai Lama hadn't done that ridiculous interview, yeah, and maybe it wouldn't have happened. I don't know. Well, it's sort of because it's once you've had the idea, which isn't like, again, it's not an obvious idea. That's why people have taken to it. But once you've had the idea, you suddenly go, fuck, pretty much everything. Certainly in this modern political age, yeah, true. pretty much every interview or or speech is someone stumbling their way through. The, I mean, so many people fuck him. And obviously Donald Trump, Pretty yeah. Patel, yeah. all these people making terrible ma- mistakes. That, yeah. And then it's a, it's just, it's lovely because the character just builds. And, you know, yeah. you there are sort of flights of fancy and weirder things within it. Yeah, there are. Uh, than, than just the simple thing. So, again, you are using that, what you've been doing for 20 years. <laughs> you are using it in this idea that then has uh, blossomed in this way. Yeah. I, mean, I was interested to see that you uh, just after I, – I didn't book you because of this, but just after I booked you this morning, yes. <laughs> I saw the news about you being on James Corden kind yeah. of came through. Yeah. Which I, I was, yeah, I was yeah. always surprised that – because obviously you're working on um, the MASH report. Yeah. I was always – did the MASH report not – 
go, I, can we do this on the mash report? Or did you I, not want to do it on I the mash did, report? I did talk about it. And um, I was, there was a time when I was doing a few room next doors at the same time that the mash report was on. And I just, I kept missing certain deadlines. So when I was ready to get something, because I was still working, remember, so I was kind of jotting down what I could in the evening. Um, and so by the time I had a script written and ready to go and filmed, it was like a, a week late. Right. So um, it didn't really chime very well. And at the same time, I, I think from a studio perspective, I, I cut a lot and I don't leave gaps for laughter. Um, yeah. it seems like it didn't, wouldn't really fit a studio setup in a way. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you see, I think that's what's interesting. And that's, it goes back to this, uh, lockdown thing now yeah. in that obviously all the shows and including the mash report, which yeah. you're in are working in, True. in lockdown and, and don't have an audience. And actually I was sort of Saturday Night Live this week and on the weekend report, they tried to sort of fake an audience by getting some of their mates oh. on audio to laugh. And it oh, was no. so distracting. No. And you kind of go, no, actually, people at home don't necessarily need that. And it's and me watching you on Twitter and me watching you on the Mash Report, I don't think is that big a difference. Maybe there's an, a studio audience might laugh over it. So it's got in James Corden... How did this happen that you got on the, the James Corden show? Well, with, with James the, Corden and his producer, Ben Winston... They just uh, emailed me uh, out of the blue and said, your stuff's really good. Would you like to put it on late, late? <laughs> uh, um, uh, it, it was because of the way Trump is doing these daily briefings and yeah. descending further and further into uh, madness and hysteria, really. Um, so, you know, I, I thought, what, what an opportunity that is. And... Um, and they were so quick and so with it and efficient and also, you know, really friendly and really helpful. Yeah. It, just, it was just a bizarre thing to just go, right, let's do it. There's the contract signed there. Fine. Could you do it Monday? Fine. We'll put it out Tuesday. Bang. It was done. It was over. That's it. it was yeah. Absolutely. But you see, again, it's interesting because, again, watching Saturday Night Live, they, there was some, and it's always a bit variable, that show. I like watching it. Uh, but they seem to, you know, I think like most people would go, right, we're doing a sketch, which I think the Mashport did really well, especially the first week I thought was absolutely excellent. John Oliver, I think, is doing really well with it. Um, but you would think, oh, look, it's sort of a, a, a handicap, but it's also this amazing opportunity to create interesting comedy. Something like what you're doing is immediately would works. It's a man on his own in a room, and so it, it's lockdown. You know, it is a lockdown sketch, but so many people are just doing Zoom conferences or... Yeah, the obvious, the the most obvious thing you would do, yeah. and so you have this ready-made thing basically to go <laughs> I do, that yeah. can go into lockdown comedy yeah. that works and doesn't feel like I mean doesn't feel like oh they're struggling to come up with an idea because yes. that isn't how it was created. So it's it's really interesting, but you would also think Saturday Night Live with that talent behind it yeah. would would think maybe they will do if they do more of them. Maybe they'll think a bit more outside the box and try and create something. Yeah, I think I think like that probably is, I think that probably is the longer it goes on, the more people will kind of adapt to it. But um you know, it, it with something like Saturday Night Live, you could you could get props, costumes and sets delivered to them directly. And they could, you know and it is the thing is you you are a one person crew. Yeah. Um so I had you know I had to do mass report sketches earlier today. Um, and and it really is just stuff like um, right. You're a you're a. I wonder if I should. I'll just tell you a sketch that's coming, um, which is 
<laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, um, just a quick news desk piece about um, football's now going to be played on the moon. So the idea is that they talk, talk to a football fan who's in a rocket ready to go. So it just said football fan in rocket. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what am I going to do here? I've got no idea what I'm going to do. Um, uh, so you just kind of had to use your imagination a bit more, but it was good yeah. because it, it, it had nothing to do with webcams and Zoom and all of that and that kind of yeah, yeah. looking at people's living rooms and slightly jarring um, uh, signal. And, it, and I do, I do think there is so much you could do um, uh, to but, you know, it's make just, the it's, most of it. Yeah, but it's only a sketch with one person, I suppose. Like, if you're really used to working in a group of people, but like, I don't know. I just you would think, I would, you would just think Saturday Night Live would jump at it and go, "This, this is a, this is an amazing opportunity." And I, you know, I was, I was really impressed with. Them. I love the Mash Report anyway, but I, I was really impressed with that how uh, Nish and everyone has. has got that show yeah, together so quickly yeah, and, and, it most... and it really worked yeah um good let me ask you some emergency questions oh, this, uh, is, this is a dream come true yeah uh, i'm gonna ask you some new ones i might ask you emergency questions and now i'm actually being asked on it's quite a I might ask you some... okay this is one i like this if the question's funnier than any answer you can give though so don't worry yeah, about it over the last few months i've watched every episode of how i met your mother okay what is the most degrading thing you've done to yourself <laughs> for no apparent reason I watched every single episode of it. Okay, well, along those lines, don't like it. You don't like it. You didn't know. No, I hated it yeah. from the start. I can, I can see that. Um, well, along those lines, um, I bought purely for my own, only nostalgic reasons. I bought all of Quantum Leap. Oh yes. Yeah, I watched all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just oh, they're just so bad, Rich. They're just so bad. But they are bad. The concept. Uh, just really spoke to me. It still does. Yeah, I know. I agree. I love the concept. Love the concept. If if you if you anything that comes out of Dean Stockwell's mouth now is very Me Too-y. Yes. So his character's over. That's true fun. with how I, that's true <laughs> with how I met your mother. As well. How I met your mother is not old enough for it to be this case. But the yeah. but the womanizer character in How I Met Your Mother, which ended in 2014, it's right. a recent series. Is he films women having sex with them without their permission? Yeah. He's tricking women into bed with them. He yeah. sort of, you know, dumps them straight away. Enough, aren't we? That's yeah, yeah. And it's he's meant to be charming and funny, and he is, you know, Jesus. so it's, 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 it's so dis awful. disgraceful. Well, Quantum I mean, Leap. Yeah, quite, Quantum Leap. My problem with Quantum Leap, uh, which is my problem with all of these types of shows, <laughs> is that if you change one thing in history, <laughs> you're going to change everything. So going back and altering one thing to make that good. Yeah. For that particular person, and that yeah. works out, we'll fuck things up down the line yeah. for somebody else. Yeah. And if if the series, what the series should be, is him solving something for somebody, and then having to go to somebody else to make up for the way that that has, yeah, that as yeah, that domino effect has fucked up the next. Yeah, it's, uh, no. The the reason I laugh is because uh, I had exactly the same thought because <laughs> uh, because Al would all when Al wasn't. When Al wasn't using his hologramic image to spy on young women, <laughs> he would say at the end, well done, Sam. This person and that person, they get married and they have three kids. Off you go. But <laughs> it doesn't say what happened to those three kids. One of those kids might have caused a terrible bus crash. <laughs> anyway, that's well, just and also those if three, if three new people are alive in the world, then that totally changes the world. But, you know, any yeah. one action. I mean, yeah. I don't want well, to talk to you about sliding yeah. doors. Oh yeah, but yeah, no, but I, I might I, do, but I won't. 
I'll ask you another. I'm going to ask you another emergency question. Yeah. Um, okay, it's, okay uh, this is. Uh, if you're in hospital, this is a topical question because this might happen. Yeah. If you're in hospital, would you prefer to die than be Patch Adams? <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of people are having to make this decision in hospitals oh, up and down the country now. Cracky. Have you seen Patch Adams? I haven't seen. I'm aware of Patch. You're aware of what it is. Would it I mean, mean Robin Williams himself, or is it? I mean, that's an interesting question because I think no, I did write that uh, after he died. I guess if uh, by being Patch Adams, you brought back to life Robin Williams. Yeah, that that well, might be a sacrifice. Yeah, that might be a sacrifice worth. Yeah, making. though would... again, if you if you change history in that way, though, uh, Michael, yeah. what will that what will the knock on effects what be of that as well? I don't know. Ask Al the hologram. He's currently in a <laughs> ladies' changing room. <laughs> okay. Um, let me see. No, I'm not going to ask you that. Okay. Um, that this is that question is basically what we we're just talking about. Oh, what do you think is the enduring appeal of dressing up as the one one eight running men from those old one one eight one one eight adverts? That still happens if you go to a marathon. People still dress with those up, guys even right. now. It's an easy costume, I guess, but is it as funny to dress up like that as anyone who does it thinks it is? Um. Well, this is interesting, actually. I won't reveal the person, but I do know one of the original 118, okay. uh, and it's very, very lucrative. So I can see why... For him, would, yeah. Yeah, I would see why he would want to come back and keep Well, I've not got a problem with him carrying on doing that if he wishes. To, I mean, if they bring the advert... I don't think the adverts are still running, but if they came back, and no pun intended, yeah. um, I'm sure he would um, go back to doing that. Um, it's the people who just think it's... Because all you're doing is dressing as an advert character. yeah. And it's not that funny. Even Gio Campari, yeah, that's a funny character. Dresses him. Yeah, he's no, still I, current. I, no, I, I would, I would agree. I don't think there's anything enduring about it. But I also, I'm not sure if there's anything enduring about any kind of dressing up in that respect. Is there? Wow. Is there? Is well, there sometimes a costume. Sometimes a costume. And, and think that's quite funny. Sometimes a costume can be very funny if it's uh, no one's done it. If it's topical, I'm struggling to think of an example. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but sometimes someone might come up with something. It's I think it's just the even if you were the first person to think I'll run a marathon dressed as the one one eight guys yeah. with my friend, he'll be dressed as one one eight guy. People will see and go, "Oh fuck, you're the guy. You're like the guys from the advert." The advert. First time. Yeah. Mar like mildly amusing. Yeah. The fifty hundredth time in twenty twenty where you will still see it. Yeah. Is it just that paucity of imagination? Just think I've got to run dressed as something. Yeah. 118 guys. I saw I was in a town centre and there were like eight guys dressed as 118 guys out on a like, presumably a stag night or oh, yeah, something. Yeah. Um, that again, it, that, that's that doesn't not, require much imagination. No, but also. They never do, do they? They don't, but imagine being the guys getting married in that awful situation. I suppose it's um, a bit like Reservoir Dogs in as much as, you know. If you wear the same thing, nobody knows which one you are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're the same person. If you're dressed the same, then yeah. you're, it's a group embarrassment, but you're all okay. anonymous. And it gives the least attractive person uh, the unequal chance of having sex with someone. Well, there is that. Yeah. Because basically you're all the same suddenly. Yeah. And so it's good for if you're the, maybe the least attractive person in any group of guys. Yeah. Says, hey, why don't we all dress up as the 118 guys tonight? Yeah. It'd be great. And then it's a level playing field for that night. Exactly. Uh, and then if a girl goes, oh, you're the 118 guys. That's funny. Or guy yeah. says, you're the 118 guys. I love that. That's funny. And then they've all got an equal chance of scoring with exactly. that person who finds that amusing. Yeah. And it's a way of making sure the dullest and stupidest people breed with each other as well, I guess. Oh, there is that as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
sort of is that eugenics or the reverse of eugenics? I don't know. Okay, I'm not saying anyone should be killed. I'm not saying no. I'm glad you're not. I'm saying not. That. That's not. I'm not going that far. No, all right. Uh, no. I had a big glass of whiskey at the start, and I said I wasn't going to drink it all. No. Um, but I have drunk. I, I went downstairs and I thought I'll have a little. I wasn't drinking this week. I'm going to have a drink of whiskey. And I thought I'll just put a double double in just in case, so I don't have to go downstairs again. But I went and then thought, oh, it's a lot of whiskey. Mm. But it's not. That looks like a normal amount of whiskey now. It does now, yes. Yeah, which means I've drunk quite a lot of whiskey. It, it does. Um, if you had to have sex with either, do you remember the TV show Rainbow? I do. You're too, you're too young for that. Okay. No, not no, no. If you had to have sex with either Zippy, Bungle, George, Jeffrey, or Rod whilst Jane and Freddie had sex with each other next to you, but you couldn't join in with that. <laughs> if you had to, which of the Rainbow crew would you have sex with? Out of, is that Zippy, Bungle, George, Jeffrey, or Rod? Okay, give me a minute. Okay, it's worth thinking it all through properly. You don't want to just blurt something out and then regret that exactly. for the rest of your life. Uh, George. Yeah. <laughs> That's disgusting. Um, I think I'm all of them. blue eyes. I know, but he's a child. He's a child hippopotamus. They, were they children? I thought they were just... I mean, essentially, if he isn't a child, he's got the mind of a child, and that's probably worse than having sex with a, with a child. No, it isn't as bad as having sex with a child. Um, okay, I'll ask you another question to yeah, get yeah, out yeah. of that embarrassment. Yeah. If you didn't... I've just realised this is live. I can't even edit the awful things out. I say, you George is a girl. It's not a girl. George isn't a girl. If you didn't have to have sex with either Zippy, Bungle, George, Jeffrey, or Rod... <laughs> Or Jane or Freddie, who would now be asleep. But they all said they were up for it if you fancied it, though not an orgy, it would have to be one on one. Would you have sex with one of them and which one? So, sorry. Um, I... The difference is you don't have to have sex with them now, and, and Freddie and Jane are asleep, so that's not going to be in the equation. But if you didn't have to have sex, but they said they were up for it if you wanted to, which one would, would you have sex with one of them in that situation? It's a very different question. Because <clears throat> the uh, first question was if you had to have sex with one of them. Uh, but yeah, now you don't have to, but you can choose to if you want to. And would that change your choice? No, I'd, I think I'd, I'd, I'd probably give it a miss. Okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, I'm very glad to, uh, to get those questions okay. sorted out. They were on uh, sort of midsection of emergency questions, which is available from Go Faster Stripe in its new paperback form. With twenty-five additional questions. Look at that! I've got a that. It's, it's, you can go on this. You look. You can, there it is. Oh no, there. Oh yeah, hold it up to the camera. Yeah, looks nice, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks very nice. A perfect way to pretend you're interested in people you're not that interested in. Kathy Burke. Kathy Burke likes the book. Oh, Kathy Burke. Amazing, amazing. Um, cool. Are you having a nice time? Who me? How are you? How are you coping with the uh, with the lockdown that we're currently in? Yeah, we haven't. Uh, and we did talk a little bit well, about before the. the yeah, we did, show. and I I was just I basically said that um, I was able to uh, resign from my <laughs> job as a copywriter. Yeah, and I I was able to have a week without my children here to just work right at home, nine to three, which was the dream, the absolute dream. And it was a, a wonderful, wonderful week. And I achieved a lot and I got a lot written. And now I'm um, homeschooling. So now I'm writing in the evening and teaching my children um, English, maths and how to play piano, which is not really... No, and you're not getting any money for being you know employed by anyone which if you'd stayed in your job you might still have got your wage right that it yes 
Yeah. But um, but uh, luckily, I've got a few things going on with deadlines, which is yeah. focusing me. And um, and I was on the Late Late Show last night, so you know, swings and roundabouts. It's, <laughs> it's picking up. It's picking up. Yeah. I mean, I find see, like I when I'm writing, and maybe I write uh, less prodigiously than you. Um, I, there's a lot of time spent doing anything but writing, and so at the moment, um, I'm looking after the kids uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and, and working Mondays and Wednesdays. And vice versa with my wife. And then on Friday, we just have a, a fist fight in the morning. Whoever wins gets to <laughs> have that day. And then we're taking the weekend with the family, which is nice. And there's lots of really nice things about it. But um, like on Monday, I was really tired and I couldn't get anything done at all. I got nowhere at all. Um, but I think in a way, having limited amount of time might suit me. In the half an hour before lunch, I become very prodigious and get loads done. In fact, to the point lunch is at 12 o'clock. And quarter to 12, I start really writing and then I have to go downstairs whilst I'm in the middle of doing something. But I think if I could do that every day I'm working, that would be enough. That's yeah. 15 minutes a day. But it sounds like you work much more uh, consistently than that. No, I like to, no? I like, I like to do like hours and hours of writing. I, I've, I've got like two projects on the go, so I've been kind of having to divvy them up um, on top of just keeping an eye on the news and doing new yeah. room next doors when they come up because when Pretty Patel had her disastrous um, briefing, my, my mentions went completely, you know, <laughs> ballistic. There were like thousands of people saying, you've got to do one, you've got to do one. And I just haven't had time, but you know, I've, I, I just, I know it's something I really should do um, just to keep it, keep the momentum going a little bit. So so I, I just, I'm in, every day is just insanely, insanely busy. But I, I do really like it that way. I think it's good. Yeah. Are you, do you regret having children, or do you think it was a good thing in the, uh, but on balance? I mean, um, obviously, well, it's mainly yeah, you know, awful. You know what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's like when you just go, oh, you know what? We shouldn't have had them. Every now and again, you say, well, we shouldn't have had them, really. Because we could have we could have done stuff. <laughs> well, that's why. Just for the lockdown, I mean, the the irony is, I'm I kind of I'm loving it. Yeah. Uh, but also, I just sort of think, God, at this time, my life isn't that this different usually. Mm. But at this time, if we didn't have kids, I could be reading, <laughs> could be just watching telly. Yeah. Like people are sending me memes. Got I me mean, like my mother-in-law sent a meme this week. We we're talking about her memes last week. Okay. Uh, she sent me a meme about. Uh, I can't even remember what it was, but it was basically implying, you know, we're doing fuck all for three weeks and she sent it to us and you go, we're, we're doing, we're looking after two fucking kids, homeschooling them, <laughs> looking after them all the time with no help from anyone yeah. and trying to do a job. We're not, it's, this isn't a time to be lazy, but if I didn't have kids, I could work, I could read. Yeah. I could. Um, but, however, I should, should actually point out that yeah. before children, you know, I was writing and doing stuff. After children, I just got so much more focused. I was just writing more and I seemed to be producing. I think it might have been because when I entered my 40s, actually, I don't think I was producing particularly, you know, reams and reams of great stuff in my 30s or my 20s. I think when I got to my 40s, I just grew up a bit more. Uh, 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 the, the actual focus on the writing and writing decent stuff, yeah, it really changed after children. Um, and... Uh, you know, so I'd just like to qualify that, that yes, I absolutely do love and adore my children. I do anything for them. Yes. Yeah, good. Of course. That'd be, but if you could be in a sliding door situations where 
one reality you have kids and one reality you don't and you can switch between the two that would be the best wouldn't it i i, I that is the ideal scenario <laughs> with, with john hannah occasionally yeah popping yeah. in. but what if you had a sliding door situation and you went to the other reality and you had uh four kids rather than i think believe you have oh. two kids and, well so, you know you care for what you wish for because you might not get there's an infinite, infinite amount of alternate universes out there, and you might get one where it's actually True. harder. Well, I, I'm one of five children, and I know oh, it you. was, yeah, I, and I know it was, uh, it was pretty tough. Yeah, for my, for my well, I can't, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine how my parents had three kids. I can't imagine they cope with that. I can't imagine how anyone who's a single parent copes with no, no, certainly lockdown. But like, if they've got two or three kids, yeah, how, um, how it's, I, I mean, it's absolutely. Uh, unbelievable the way that talking of uh you having lots of family then i hope any of these people are your family are you ever mistaken for michael spicer the norwich based architect no no are you ever mistaken for michael spicer the tory grandee who died in 2019 yeah yes i'm often mistaken for him okay um and what's what's very spooky about that is that he died and then exactly one month later, I did my first room next door. Right. It's almost like the universe can only deal with one famous person, Michael Spicer. Yeah, maybe. Do you think you're some in some way re, he reincarnated inside you, and he created the room next door? Uh, no, because okay. because in many because in many ways he's we're polar opposite, Michael Spicer. Yeah. He founded the ERG. Yeah, you know, he set up the whole path to UKIP and 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 modern bigotry as we know it now. <laughs> and, and 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 I'm on the other side. Yeah, not changing political landscape at all, but making very funny. Uh, but he would know what was going on. Maybe he came back. So you know what really was going on, Michael? Was there was people in the next room telling him all about the speeches? Maybe he did it. Um, have you seen that there is a meme? You may have created it. I don't know. Of Hitler finding out that you are uh, Michael Spicer's videos are parodies. Have you seen that? The guy, video? the guy you made that sent that to me. Yeah. So I said, oh, you know, that's nice. Thank you very much. Um, but I was a bit befuddled because I thought we don't do those anymore, do we? <laughs> that was one of my thoughts of it. I mean, it's a bit. It's sort of like a bit late, but then it's almost so late that it's good again. I thought maybe he was trying to bring it back. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, can no, I think he's definitely trying to bring it back. I mean, can we, can, we, can we now do that with, like, uh, can we be nostalgic for old memes? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Uh, you won the Chortle Internet Award this year. Yeah, you told me that. Thanks. Yeah. That's all right. I'm sorry that I broke it to you on Twitter. I thought you would know. I've won. I've won. I just, I've won five of those. So. Have you? Yeah. Terrific. Have you actually got the awards? Did they send yeah, you the awards? Sure. Yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you. Hold on, wait there. Okay. I'll show you what they look like. Hold on. All right, cool. I'll get them literally just over here. All right. I should have uh, come prepared. Yeah. Here they are. Look how many awards I've got. It's amazing. Really? Now, because there was no award ceremony this year, was there? No, there was no award either. I haven't got one. No. So that's um, twenty eleven. That's nice. There we go. Yep. Yeah, that was for, as it occurs to me. 
Uh, that's 2012. That's just for Richard being Richard Herring Internet Awards. Oh, you've got the Internet Awards. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I've got the I've got five Internet Awards, so I've, I, I'm quite annoyed anyone else has won these. I, I think I won the first. I won the first five. There's 2013. Uh, oh, that one. My daughter knocked that off um, yeah. Uh, uh, table. Yeah, I think the law so of I, averages suggests that if you have five glass awards and a yeah. child, one of them's going to break. So that was 2013. That was for Rahalaspur, which you're now in. Yep. Uh, and then 14 and oh, 18. I had a little time off, and then they've changed them to that. All right. And now, yeah. Well, I've got I've got one of yeah. those. Yeah. Uh, officially, but there's nothing that actually um, there's nothing physical that suggests that I have done sh- it. That's a shame. That's a shame. But I'm, you know, I, I hope they will. When I die, which might be soon, I hope they'll call it the Richard Herring Internet Award because yeah, absolutely. it should be called that. I've got five of them. It should be called that already. Yeah, they should. They, yeah, they I shouldn't should. have to. Shouldn't have to die. Um, but well done on winning that. I was very. Thanks. It was a very. It was a very strong uh, field. I thought, which very when strong. I won them, when I won them, to be honest, it wasn't. Can you name anyone who? Uh... Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. I, would, I think probably people because it's all the people who started early, basically, which is not many people. Answer so. me this, maybe. Yeah, probably answer me this. Probably Stuart Goldsmith, probably uh, Peacock and Gamble, or whatever he was doing yeah. early on. Gamble, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe Ricky Gervais. I think I beat a couple of people. I thought, oh, I'm surprised about that. Yeah. Steve Coogan might be there one year, right. but um, yeah. But it's it was. I, I kind of wanted everyone to win, and I didn't think you would win. Because it's it's voted for by the public and James Acaster and Ed Gamble are up, so I thought, oh, oh they're yeah. going to win. Yeah, uh, and I love that show. I've just been on that show. They're very rude young men, mm. uh, but I still love the show. And I th- I just assumed that their fans would uh, bulk vote. Yeah. So and and do the right thing. And inside the comedian, that's a husband and wife competing against each other. So in a way, I think you winning was the the most beautiful thing that. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to have just won, really, Richard. I'm yeah. glad to have won. Yeah, it's nice. It's a shame there wasn't an award ceremony and stuff to go to. No, this year. no, or as a, uh, uh, I stress this, or an award. But, uh, <laughs> it's fine. Well, maybe you'll send one through. You might be reviewing tonight's show. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe it's time for him to send that through. <laughs> Um, very good. Let's do. I'll do a couple more emergency questions. We might go back old school. Just for I've got some more stuff to talk about. I think, but let's uh, let's um, let's look early. Um, here's a question I haven't asked, and someone just made a meme of this, which was uh, they. I, I it was too disgusting to uh, retweet. Right. Uh, would you rather date a man who is a six foot tall penis? I'm sorry, oh, so many yes. is a sexual base. Yes. Or a man who, instead of having a penis, has a tiny man there. This is something you've clearly thought yes. about. I can see from the gleeful reaction. But, uh, um, so it's, it's either being... a man who's a six foot tall penis, he's got a face on his uh, bell end, but yeah. is otherwise just a massive penis. Massive. Possibly his balls are his feet. Yeah, yeah, so he shuffles. But yeah. no, the other one. The other one, you'd have the tiny man yeah. down there. Yeah. Any reasoning for that? Uh, it's just such an absolutely grotesque thing to think about. <laughs> and I suppose the reason why you persist with that question is because you yeah. can't visualise it, can you? No, I can't see it in my head. So, you know, Richard, it's absolutely yeah. disgusting. So I'm trying to think of it. why. <laughs> no? See, if my eyes are open, I can get more than if my eyes are closed, but only it's still only the ghostly... I'm trying to think of... The, there was an MP that... Uh, I can't remember who it was. I know who you're talking about, yeah. 
who was the person who uh, made me think of that question, yes. who just, look, just looked like a six-foot tall penis. Did. He did, but, uh, um, but and, in my uh, mind's eye, I'm thinking of something very... Yeah, uh, very detailed and disgusting, and and I just can't. There's nothing disgusting that. about the human penis. It's a beautiful thing, and a six foot tall version with oh. sentience would be wonderful. Okay. Um, have you ever seen a ghost, uh, Michael Spicer? That's oh, the question well, people want to know. These are all the great, legendary yeah. questions I was hoping I'd be asked. Um, uh, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you got no. four siblings. Has any of your siblings ever seen a ghost? No. They, no. they they haven't. I'm sure they would have told me. The only the only thing I can think of uh, is uh, Vic Reeves wrote about actually meeting a ghost, right? In his autobiography, did he? It always yeah, stayed no. with me. It always stayed with me that because it was like the only serious part of the book. <laughs> he, he met he, a ghost. He is deadly serious about some sort of flash when he was young, uh, and he and he describes it in vivid detail, and he. He keeps reiterating how it genuinely happened. He isn't joking. Right. <clears throat> so you might want to talk to him about that next time. Well, I should ask you. I'm sure I have asked him and he didn't answer it. And when Nick Frost was on quite recently last year, uh, I just read his autobiography and there's an amazing story. I mean, he mentions a ghost early on and then later on, he's, there's a whole chapter about him and Simon Pegg going to a hotel that's burnt down, an old burnt down hotel. And there's bells. They've still got that old bell system and a bell keeps ringing. And they go into the room, and then there's a burnt child, like looking at them, the eyes, the eyes looking at him, and they run away. And I said, "Have you ever seen?" It? Oh, I said, "I know you've got an answer to this. Have you ever seen a ghost?" And he started telling the other story, and then I thought, "Did I just?" I mean, it seems so unlikely. The other story was written. Was it just one time I had a dream that that happened, yeah. or we wrote a sketch where that happened, yeah. or something? Yeah. But someone else said, "Why didn't? Why did uh, not ask Nick Frost about the uh, the burnt child in the hotel?" Because <laughs> well, you'd think if someone asked that question, you go, oh, yeah, there was that time. Oh, I'd forgotten. I forgot about the time I saw an actual fucking ghost with a whole <laughs> plot of a ghost story in it. They might have been, you know, smoking some of the old wacky yeah. marijuanas yes, that yeah, I understand yeah. they, they might they might have been they, they might yeah. have been into. Uh, no, um, I, 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 I don't believe in them, but I like I like a good ghost story. But no, I don't. It's mainly uh, mental people who have seen them. So. Be be glad that that it's a, it's almost now just a test. I could ask, are you insane? But the problem is, most insane people think they are sane. Yeah. But if you ask, have you ever seen a ghost? It's a clever question for that reason. Very because if question. they say yes, yeah, then you know immediately they are insane. Yep. Having said that, I've seen a few ghosts myself, but that's okay. different. Okay. Um, that's that's different when it's me. Um. Uh, what's the the, the question that uh, Ashlyn B? Was Ashlyn B got really stuck on this question? Um, it's because I haven't really written it down or phrased. Let me just check if I've got it in the back. It was, I'm, I'm for the people that are at home what, watching live. I'm re I'm referencing things that have not happened yet. Um, but uh, who is the most famous person that you have been in a lift with, but that you didn't get into the lift with? It's not like I got in the lift with Nish Kumar when yeah. I was going to the Mash Report. Right, you've got into a lift. I'll yeah. allow an elevator or any form of stair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you've got in, and there's a famous person in the lift already. And uh, have you ever been? I, I met Jeremy Paxman in the lift at the BBC and uh, touched his briefcase. Well, I, <laughs> I you didn't know. At, I, I did work at ITV Sport. Right. Well, there you go. Which, and they used to be on the 18th floor of the, uh, what's it called? The London uh, Studios. London Studios. I always call it the LWT building. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, yeah. Works, I was always in elevators with famous people. That's just who was the most famous? Just tell me the most famous one. Don't like tell me I've been with loads. I asked you a specific question. I want Clarella to know specific... <laughs> That's good. There you go. Yeah, I'm impressed with that. She was so nice because yeah. it was packed this lift, and yeah. she did she did her utmost to create room. Oh, that's nice. I thought she would. I thought she'd put on a little play school show or something. You were going to say, oh. or she did all those catchphrases or stuff. She seems nice, Rola Benjamin. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, again, that's very much a name from my childhood. She has. She's a lay dame or something now, isn't she? Well, no, Benjamin? she's a lady uh, in the late lords. As a lords, is she? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good she luck to even be a baroness. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. We'll look it up later. Um, and if you could have any one item from any museum or art gallery in the world, you're allowed to take it home and keep it. Anything, anywhere in the world. It can be a historical artifact. It can just be a thing. It can be a painting. It can be a sculpture. You're allowed to keep it. Which one thing are you going to take from any museum in the world and have? Um, sunflowers. I'd take Van Gogh's sunflowers. But he did loads of those. Uh, which, I, one, which one do you want? I, well, I'd, I'd, I'd pick... I'd pick the one that my dad has spent his entire life recreating. Okay. Mm. With with paint or with sunflowers? Has he? How does your dad recreate it? <laughs> I didn't. Yes. No. He uh, uh, he uh, paints. He basically paints perfect right. uh, recreations of Van Gogh pictures, and the sunflowers is like up there. Okay. I mean, that's slightly insulting to your dad that you've taken Van Gogh's sunflowers when you could just have taken one of your dad's copies of the sunflowers if they're any yeah, good. Yeah, but I feel like, that I feel like uh, you know, he's a very moral, upstanding man, but I'm sure yeah. if I said, I've got the real one in the back of my Suzuki, <laughs> would you like to come and see it? He'd be probably going, oh, yeah. 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 But make sure and you then, take it back. So. Yeah. But you're allowed to have it. The, all the museums of the world have got together and said, Michael, we so admire the room next door and uh, and Mosquito and yeah. the last days oh, of Quant. And the Fred West thing. <laughs> we loved you in that Fred West thing. You can have one. We've all just agreed you can have one yeah. thing. It was so a bit it's not salacious. stolen. Let me just say, Michael, <laughs> it was a bit salacious. However, But we said from your performance that you were embarrassed by that, and that's yeah. why... We let it go because we yeah. thought at least the actor looks embarrassed yeah. to be, to be in I this. What? I didn't even mention the fact that they gave me a curly wig and I had large curly hair. So they basically put a big curly wig on my curly hair. Yeah. And it was too big. It was just too big. <laughs> oh, God. Ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah. So that's, yeah. That's nice. Is it yeah. your dad's version of the sunflowers good? Would you say, or do they? Are they yeah, it's good? it's it's absolutely incredible. Are they as he's good a, as he is? Uh, um, I mean, he's retired now. He's eighty six. Yeah, that's uh, impressive. Yes, um, and he uh, was a greengrocer in Dagenham his entire yeah. you know entire working life. But the whole time I was growing up, there would just be these massive, massive uh, pic, uh, Van Gogh pictures in our tiny flat, and um, yeah, they're just they're just absolutely amazing. So that was the first thing I thought of. Did you ever consider saying to your dad, "Why don't you paint something that's your own idea, mate? Stop copying Van Gogh." <laughs> uh, well, first of all, do I'd a picture call... of some. What I'd never call my dad mate for a start. <laughs> Would you call your dad mate? No, but you know he's a he's a 
It wouldn't suit. No one calls my dad mate. No. No. Um, uh, he does do it from time to time, but I would never say, you know what? Give that thing want, off. Knock it on the head. Do you want me to give him a ring and say, I've heard about the sunflowers and I just think, move on. That's It's been covered um, by someone else. Uh, no, no, I wouldn't no. advise you to talk to my dad. No, I wouldn't advise <laughs> you to do that at all. Okay, just if you want me to help. If he's a green grocer, why don't he could do different uh, vegetables and stuff? That's why I'd say do some sprouts. Uh, because he hated being a green grocer. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I won't. I, I've, I've thought it through, and I think ringing your dad to, to, to accuse, accuse him of uh, copying Van Gogh and moving on to sprouts. Yeah, probably not going to do it. You know, he never sold these paintings. Never sold them. He just gave them. Who's that? Your dad or Van? Is that your dad or Van Gogh? Van, Van Gogh? Gogh sold more paintings than my than dad your dad did of right. Van Gogh paintings. Yeah. Mm. Well, maybe after this, you could sell. You could put them on eBay, and we could see if anyone wants to buy. Would he be? Would he? Would he like to sell some? No, I think. Um, I think I'd like to assemble them all at some point and put them in uh, in in my own special gallery. That's lovely. Yeah, and I'll get sorry. you to say gallery. <laughs> You get me to I come and open up and go, what a fucking waste of a man's life this has been to copy some existing paints. No, no, Richard, no. I couldn't do that. No, you couldn't do that, no. I'm sensing... You're not supposed to say the gallery and then you (laughs) I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to just do that. Especially if you gave me some whiskey before uh, before we we went in. Forget it. I've not taken the job, just on the off chance. I, that sounds lovely. I'm sorry to have been uh, offensive towards your father. I hope he's not. I hope he's not watching. Is, is he on Twitch? Is he on Twitch? No, <laughs> he's not on Twitch. Okay. I think my dad might be watching. If my dad started drawing pictures of uh, Van Gogh, I'd tell him where to go. Also, he can't draw. Or he can't sing. My dad. Mm. Can your dad sing? Can yeah, sing he's a great singer. Yeah. Uh, my dad's a bad singer. He's, he was a good dad in some ways, but, you know. My wife can't sing. I didn't realise until I'd married her. She didn't oh. really, she didn't sing until I'd married her, and then I'd married her and she started singing, and what can you do then? Well, There's no way out, is there? No, no, that's it. There's it's no over. way out. It's over. So it was very clever the way she did that. So did she suddenly just start singing on the She started, so she got wedding. <laughs> she, uh, not on the night, she left it a little bit, but she got a guitar, and then she started singing something. And it was so bad. And then I realized I'd never heard her sing. And, you know, what that's, I'm passing that on. And I didn't know about my, you know, aphantasia, yeah. whatever it's called. Yeah. Aphraxia, whatever yeah. it is. And now, so our kids could not be able to imagine things or sing. And what kind of life is that? Yeah, they're doomed. Yeah. Terrible. Sorry about that. That's all right. I, I, you know, I'm sorry I was rude about your dad. It sounds good for you. <laughs> I'll send you some. I'll send you some pictures. You'll be amazed. Sorry, right. I've, right. I've seen the original Van Gogh, so I don't need to see someone's copy of them. Uh, so uh, if Richard, you do. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay, I'll have a look. I'm going to get one, and next week it's going to be hanging up over those lights that need light shades. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, what, we're going to go in a sec because I know you've. Oh uh, yeah. You've, you've, it's ten past nine. We've done more than uh, we're contractually obliged to do. Um, uh, but, 
Yeah, what's I mean, it's, that's a weird thing that you've, you've kicked work a week before this happened. Have yeah. you? I mean, you're you are you've you've got work coming in though, so that's okay. So you're doing work, so that, I don't have to worry yeah. about you. That you're doing some writing, you're doing your TV shows. Yeah. Do you, know, do you know what's coming up potentially in the future if if the world ever returns to normal? I've got, yeah, I've got a few things coming up. I mean, there was uh, there was, you know, I was offered to do the sort of things that you've been offered to do. Yeah. <laughs> so like comedians giving lectures and things like that. Um, uh, and I would, you know, dearly love to do those. Um, uh, but uh, you know, I I am incredibly happy with my decision to do this because this is all I've ever wanted to do is write. I didn't I didn't bank on the rest of the world working from home at the same time <laughs> as me. Um but uh that's just the way it is. Um no, you know. How lucky are we, Richard? How lucky We're are we? very lucky. I mean, you know yeah. I mean I've been doing this for thirty years and uh and not had to have any other jobs. So I'm very, very lucky. I th- I think it's fascinating. You know, I just think that's a it's a fascinating thing because I don't think most people would. You know, I remember when Angus Deaton became famous. Mm. He was everyone wrote he's an overnight success, and he'd literally been going for about twenty years at that point. You know, yes. he was like a, a man in his forties. I think yes. that's when he started exactly. getting. Have I got news for you? And people just don't see everything that's gone before. With you, you can go back and find most of it, which yeah. is also quite unusual. Yeah. But that that journey, I think, is. I mean, it's both inspirational and really bad for loads of people who will think, "Oh, well, maybe if I stick at it for twenty years, then 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 it'll all turn around." Because for most of them, it still won't. But uh, but you know, it is it is an encouraging thing to know that if you stay true to what you're doing and uh, and stick at it, yeah, and you've got and you've got some talent and you've got the perspicacity to carry on. What the most things, things thing can to remember is that, uh, with the with the exception of a few people what you do in your 20s and 30s isn't great you're still yeah. you're still you're still learning and i know you know lena dunham, dunham is it dunham dunham lena dunham yeah. doing girls at 24 and writing these scripts i couldn't have done that at 24 i was really just copying chris morris at 24 i was just yeah, yeah. you know I, I i was literally writing scripts called round the clock yeah when the day to day was out and stuff like that, it's yeah. it, it, it. I wasn't doing good stuff back then, and it no. really is about just make, it, f- trying to find something original, an original, you know, joke. <laughs> I mean, then, if only if only your dad felt the same as well. Rich, as all can, you, can, you, can you? So rude. I should. I mean, it's this not, thing should learn I, from you. It's not, like that, it's not like I don't know this about you. you know. <laughs> You are this constant throughout my uh, comedy landscape. Of, yeah. Of, uh, well, it's nice. Well, hopefully you'll ask me to be in a film in about 14 years' time, I guess. Yes. So yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be good. And it, it won't... Um, very... Let's let you know, it won't do anything to your career. <laughs> okay. As long as it's worse, it's progressively worse, because I started as a doctor, then I was a man who uses prostitutes and still has, has sex with a man, even though he doesn't want to, but still yeah. goes ahead with it. Yeah. Uh, and if it, it has to be worse than that. Has to be a, it has to be an equal step downwards okay for me to, for me to accept the role okay. but I think by that stage I will be as low in my life as I can be yeah well you did, um, you did show me your cracked chortle award I did 
that, that's that's quite low. So we'll go. Yeah. We'll kind of base it on that kind of character. If you want, I'll send you that. I could send you the crack. Send me a fragment. Yeah, please. <laughs> I sent you. Though it's quite sharp. It'd be ironic if you know someone was killed with that that piece of that award, especially if it's me. Yeah. Uh, but look after my internet award for me when you get it, because it's all of them are mine, really. The um, and, Memorial. <laughs> and thank you so much for coming on. I've wanted to get you on for ages, and uh, uh, it was uh, lovely to have you on this time. We'll be back next week with somebody else. I don't know who yet. Um, you know, if I book as late as I did with you, yeah, could be anyone, couldn't it? Yeah, it could be. Whoever's, whoever's on the front page of Chortle on that day, it'll be them. Um, good luck with everything. I hope uh, we get through this difficult time, and you people at home as well. I hope you'll get through this difficult time. If in June you're listening to this, and as I suspect we're still in this difficult time, uh, I hope we carry on getting through it. Uh, but uh, thank you very much for doing this, and uh, we will see you all very soon. I'll be back with some snooker tomorrow night, seven thirty. <laughs> it's a thirty-two player tournament about to start. You're going to meet some more me's very soon. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. It's Michael Spicer. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Michael Spicer. Thank you to the people of Twitch. Thank you to the people of Zoom. Thank you to the people of Zencaster who helped us put all this together. I'm indebted to my friend and colleague, uh, co-director of Sky Potato Limited, uh, Chris Evans, not that one. Uh, I'm also indebted to this week's executive producer, who is Dink Taylor. I mean, what can I say? That's his name. We couldn't think of a nickname for him. We were just laughing at him being called Dink Taylor. We didn't need a nickname for him. Thank you to Pest, of course, for providing the music as ever in lockdown. Uh, this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Go to GoFasterStripe.com. You can become a monthly badger. GoFasterStripe.com slash badges. You can become someone who just buys some of my books or my trump cards or my downloads or my DVDs. They've also got a huge selection of fantastic shows from some of the most brilliant comedians in that world. So check them out. GoFasterStripe.com. Don't be an uncool kid. Be a cool kid, my fine friends. Goodbye. Go away.